because it was my life I was going to lose. It was me who was paying the consequences. Like all my friends have died. They're all gone. There ain't none of them left. They all overdosed and died. I was homeless. I didn't have any money. Doors were all closed. Locks were all changed. I'm not there to hold their hand. I'm there to hold out my hand. If I want to be successful, I need to be around successful people. It will get better as long as I continue to put in the work and do whatever I can to help the next person. It gets better, Doc. It gets better. It gets Doc. better right there, baby. All right, team. Welcome to It's Gets Better, you know, podcast. Real addicts, real stories, real recovery. And we've got a hell of a team here. The Robs, you know the Robs. You've been listening oh, yeah. to this particular podcast. You got the Robs going. We got a new entrance into this particular podcast. His name is Ira Levy. And we're going to talk a little bit about Ira's background, uh, vision, uh, and anything else that we can pepper him in this particular podcast. How you doing, Ira? Doing great, man. How you doing, Robs? Hey, we're doing great. We're hanging Can't in complain. here. All right. Happy to have Ira on here. The That's man. light. The legend, Sid, the, all right, the legend continues. All right, he's here. Yeah. The Damn Godfather. Right. Happy to have him on the podcast. You, Rob, you better absolutely. You better deliver, baby. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ira, for the listeners, the great Bambino. <laughs> Bambino, he's, he's Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. So, Ira, for the listeners out there, man. Give us a little background on, you know, the IRA background. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Sunrise. We're going to talk oh, a little sure. bit about that journey. We're going to talk about why and all of the good stuff and let uh, let the Robs pepper you here in this particular conversation as well. And then, and then we're going to wrap it up. And, and that's pretty much it. Talk to us a little bit about Works your Works for me. Works for me. Uh, IRA, um, IRA is just your normal run-of-the-mill drug addict. Uh, I'm a dope fiend from uh, New York City. Uh, you know, I always say I went from uh, cowboys and Indians to syringes. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Uh, I don't know if I should put old. that on a bumper sticker, man. Yeah, yeah. 13 <laughs> years old, I was uh, this great student, uh, skipped grades, you know, all this good stuff, sports teams. And uh, uh, 14 and a half, I, uh, I left New York on my first geographic, uh, addicted to heroin. And I took a... Uh, I took a real crash course from the next uh, for the next eight years. Really, um, it was just drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol, and drugs and alcohol. That was my full time job. I always hear people that say they 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 went to college or they went to work throughout their addiction. I never was able to do that. Uh, my full time job was was finding and using, and finding and using. And that's really you were a young pup. You're a young pup. Yeah, when you, I was young. Started, uh, you know, taking uh, quaaludes and smoking weed at 14. And then, you know, it just progressed. It, it, it does. You, you know, the people you hang around with, I'm 13, 14. I'm hanging out with 16 and 17 year olds who are telling me about, you know, hey, well, you think this quaalude's good? You should sniff a little of this cocaine. Uh, and we're talking, you know, in the uh, 70s. Um, you know, that whole era. Um, I had a funny story the other day. I lived down in Boca Raton, Florida. And, uh, you know, the population is older, 70-year-old Jewish crowd. And I go to this big-time jeweler that I grew up with. And, and I hadn't seen him in a long time. And I, I went in to visit him. And, 
I walk into his office and he he looks at the guy who works for him and and he said, "Remember, I told you that in the seventies we used to run quaaludes through Studio Fifty Four." And the guy goes, "Yeah, I remember that story." Oh, wow! Now, just imagine Ira, you know, with long hair, curly, yeah, yeah. Bro, I mean, you know I what I mean? You, man. You know, with, like with his bell bottoms, going to uh, Studio Fifty Four. Getting <laughs> really, it in. you're blowing my mind, man. I'm just sitting there going, "I'm looking at you, Ira," and I'm going. I can't see it. I know. I, I, I see like Adam Sandler and the wedding singer. I, yeah. That's what I look like. Bobs, but I can't see it. I'm just singer. like, I'm really having a hard time with this one. <laughs> so here I am. I'm in business clothes, and this guy's going, yeah, this guy, Ira, he's the guy that used to run the Quaaludes through Studio 54. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm actually, I have treatment centers I run now. I have a business family. But <laughs> you wanted to talk about that. But, you know, it's it's true. Listen. Uh, and Rob and Rob know it very well. They've done it. It takes you from, you know, from living a good life, uh, having a family, school, athletics, social things to, uh, to, you know, having your stomach pumped. You know, it's real simple. I, you know, remember when I first got into recovery, I used to tell this long story about all my overdoses and all the stuff. And some of them were funny, but it's in, in a nutshell, I liked getting high. And it got me into trouble. And I tried different things. I, 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 I used heroin. I went on the methadone program. Uh, I got off methadone. I drank. I got stopped drinking. I started taking pills. It basically was changing seats on the Titanic every year. Wow. But something was going to take me down somewhere along the line. Something was going to take me down. And um, you know, I I tried normal stuff. I. I tried geographics from, uh, you know, New York City because that was bad. And, you know, I could tell anybody who wants to know there's heroin in California also. Yeah. And, and I was able to find it. So, you know, all the stuff, it's just a matter of and I share this with people now, uh, 40 years later, because that's I, I gave up drugs and alcohol. I walked into my first 12 step meeting uh, on July 19th, 1980. That's great. Um, you know, I haven't stuck a needle in my arm and I haven't swallowed a pill and I, I haven't been arrested since then either. That's fantastic. So, yeah, so that's, that's something to be proud so of. Right Demio there uh, shared his story. He, he had to crawl into uh, uh, treatment. What brought you to that particular point? It's like, that's it. Rock bottom that I have no, nothing more. You know, Next I was just go ahead. sharing with a, a, a coworker of ours, a uh, guy named John, uh, we were both talking about how jail is a very scary place. And that's really what got me into recovery. Um, I'm not that bad. I'm not that big. And uh, I was spending a lot of lockups in local. The tombs was like when, when the guard knows you at the tombs, which is the central booking of the, the borough of Manhattan, there's not good. Um, so I was spending weekends and, and, and weeks uh, locked up. And that's what really, really scared me uh, was that I'm going to the next time it's not going to be seven days or 30 days, which was the most I ever was locked up for. So that the fear of jail is really what stopped me from using hard drugs. I thought I would always be able to maybe take a pill, smoke a joint. Um, and so um I had the opportunity after going to six treatment centers this last time, I finally said, 
I don't want to go to jail. And my mom also, who was a great enabler, she wouldn't help me out. The last time I called her up and I said, I'm downtown. Can you bail me out? And she said, I can't help you out. Mm. And I hung up the phone and I, I said, those damn Al-Anon people, they right. got the damn oh, Al-Anon. Oh, yeah. And, uh, she learned tough yeah. love, which was great. So my, my, my mommy, who was my safety net, was gone. I was afraid of going to jail. And, and sometimes uh, that's what it takes, right, Ira? That yeah. enabling to stop. Yeah. You and know, it, to cut, cut you off a little bit. I'll never say, hey, stop loving or caring for your son or family members, right? But sometimes, hey, a little tough love will save somebody's life, right? The hardest thing to do as a parent now, it's the hardest thing. And sometimes I'll tell parents now, you know, this is really what worked. I've shared my story with parents. But you have to get to that point that my mother got to after numerous jails, a lot of money and treatment. Uh, so everybody's different. And uh, I, I went to, uh, I went, my father disowned me. My father wanted no part of me because I had been arrested for something that he felt was one of the worst things that you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I finally said, you know what, I'm going to try this 12 step meeting. And my mom went with me and I really uh... didn't plan on getting sober so I just thought maybe they would teach me like, okay, you smoke a joint at six, take a pill at eight, you know, like how do normal people do this? Um, and I heard a guy speak, I'll never forget him, Charlie. He had seven years. And after the meeting, I wanted seven years because that's what addicts do. We want instant gratification. I wanted to have seven years. How did you do it, Charlie? And he shared with me, you know, what we've all heard meeting, sponsorship, getting involved, stop hanging around certain people. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know if I can do this 90 meetings in 90 days. And um, a young lady walked up to me and she said, hey, you know, we go to Lenox Hill on Sundays. It's a great meeting. You want to go? And I was like, I certainly yes, do. Yes, I do. I do. Um, <laughs> that young lady became my girlfriend. Oh. But you know what she did? She kept me, she kept me involved, even though I wasn't totally motivated. And as time went on, I, I got a sponsor and I got involved in, 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 in recovery and 12 step process and learn. And then when she left me a year later, I was able to handle it because I amazing. had uh, yeah. amazing what brings us to the door, tail, coffee, you know what yeah. I mean? The snacks. We yeah. hear something, pick something up that's going to save our life later. It's amazing. Uh, that's right. So I, I I stayed around even though she left. And now, you know, it's funny. I should have known that she wasn't for me, but I was so insecure back then. And uh, I, you know, how am I going to meet a beautiful woman? My self-esteem was so low. Um, and I knew that, that she wasn't for me. You guys are sports fans. Lotman, you'll appreciate this. We were at a we were at a, we were at a Knicks game at Madison Square Garden. Nice, good seats. Ninety-two, ninety with a minute to go. You know what this woman says? I want to leave. Yeah, go. go, go. <laughs> no you should have known right there. She was the one. Should have known right there. Right. And that Sunday, football season was rocking, and she wanted to drive upstate New York and look at the foliage. When there was a Jet Dolphin game on on Sunday, right? Nah. Sunday. So, no. So, uh, if you look at Jet Dolphins today, it's uh, <laughs> I, I, 
Sorry about the Jets. So, I, you know, what I'd like to say here is, like, I'm glad you're bringing up uh, early recovery type relationships because a lot of our patients and clients and people that are out there, this is something that is a big topic and how they can handle it. A lot of people get taken out over it or they go out together. And on that note as well, uh, you know, don't choose a girlfriend that can't watch sports with and finish the game. <laughs> No, it's true. You're right, Rob. There's a lot of there's a lot of early. We, we see it in all of our centers. You know these these young couples. They 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 love each other. You you're 23 years old. You knew you met this guy in, in, in a crack house three weeks ago, and you're in love. Love, right? True and, love. Absolutely. True love, which is really I'm guilty. Love. I'm sure you are. We all are. Absolutely, coming from the trap house, finding that queen. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> it took me a while to realize two sick people whoop, just make a hospital. Your cat. I'll excuse your cat for yeah, that yeah. one. I saw yeah, a tail. Okay, uh, there, Jimmy. I Not saw the tail. He said tail, and sure enough, you know. Technical difficulties everywhere. Sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Sunrise. Detox. That's right. If you're out there on video and you, this is a great, great moment. <laughs> Jimmy, you nailed it. But okay, so let's take that for granted. Uh, let's let's like take that as an example. As a counselor, as an individual, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to be serious. Well done, Demio. Nice job. Nice you. rebound. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it up to your you to say, hey, eh, you know, you might want to rethink this. You might want to reconsider. You might want to whatever. Do you do you do that? Yeah, I, I do it sometimes. You know, you, every case is different, and but you try to, you know, you try to tell the truth. And I think one of the things that makes all three of us, uh, Rob, Rob, and myself, I think what makes us really good is we come from a place of genuineness. Um, and a lot of, and I've seen Rob and Rob doing, and I've done it. I I tell them what I've done, you know, and depending on who you're talking to you, your level of street, so to speak, yeah. you know, is, is how you go. And, and you could tell uh, another man just what happens in these situations. Um, but you know, I, I would imagine just, you know, because you're dealing with that emotion, that, that attachment, that, that quote love or whatever it might be, I would imagine it could get a little dicey. Absolutely. I think it does, Scott. And, and you know, I was going to say right here, you know, how much has it actually changed the way that you talk to a family or a, a potential patient from the day you started helping people getting the treatment to today? Has it really changed much as far as how you present it? I know individually, oh, you know, people are different, but has it really changed? It, it's the same it really has. You're talking to, we're talking about, you know, uh, tough love and interventions. It's the same. It was the same in 1974 as it is now. You know, you have to have family and, and tell the truth and know what the consequences are. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the message that guys like us are bringing are the same. We're telling families that their loved one can die. We're telling them that they can get arrested and all the, the, the things that can happen to them. Um, and that's what we did five years ago, 10 years ago, 25 years ago. Um, you know, 
The difference is some of the patients in the year 2021. What do you mean? Um, they're a little bit different as far as, um, well, you got some, some more designer drugs out there. Uh, so they make you a little crazier. They're much sicker. They're much, much sicker with this uh, COVID pandemic going on. So. And the pandemic makes mm -hmm. in. But the message that guys like us are carrying to families and loved ones, it's the same. It's the same that, listen, it's it doesn't get any better. Um, you know, and it's the same thing. I talked to a mom the other day. She, she gets me on the phone and she said, I want to help my son. He's tried this before a couple of times, but... It didn't work. So what's my first question? How old is your son? Yeah. Oh, he's 40. Well, maybe that's part of the problem, ma'am. Can right. I talk to him? And she had all the excuses for him. So those things happen. Yeah. Parents, loved ones, you know, I don't want to leave my husband because of this, or I don't want to leave my wife, um, or, or, you know, loss of jobs. Those are the things that have happened for the ages. Yeah. It's just like Demio said, some of the patients are a little rougher these days. You know, in, in our day, and, and, you know, for me, it was heroin, pills. Uh, th those are big things. Cocaine was big over in the, those, you know, late 70s. Studio uh, 54, baby. Studio 54, <laughs> you know, Electric Circus, some of those places. Yeah. But now I, I haven't heard of some of these drugs even. I have to call up guys like Rob. Yeah, we're saying synthetic stuff, black market off the internet being delivered. And, and they're using, literally delivered right to their house in a package, synthetic stuff. And, it, 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 you know, it's crazy, right? And then stuff the whole people buy off of the, the, uh, the streets at, at head shops, uh, uh, Cratham, things like that. And, and we don't know what it does. And the other thing that's out there, and listen, in my day, I loved uh, a nice fat joint of Colombian weed. But this weed that they're, they're making now, this medical marijuana, man, it's it's potent. And the studies, uh, I've spoken to a few psychiatrists, if you have a psychiatric diagnosis and you smoke some of this medical marijuana, it just puts you into a full psychosis because of what it's, it's made with. Right. That's amazing. So let me ask you this, that given the fact that uh, <clears throat> times have changed, a lot of synthetic stuff out there constantly changes. I think I, I watched something about uh, they can't regulate it. Therefore you can order it online and somebody changes it up, change the recipe, does whatever, ships it back out, whatever, whatever it is. How do you, is, does the treatment and the approach to that individual change? I don't think, I think it's just like Rob said before, we still, you know, treat it. You know, some people have a little more of a psychiatric component. So you have to have, you know, some psychiatric people, psych nurse practitioners, psychiatrists do a little bit more, but, you know, you're still treating the addict. And, and those addicts' underlying issues. Um, you know, uh, insecurity was one for me. Fear was one for me. Uh, inadequacy was one for me. So whether I masked it with heroin, quaaludes, alcohol, or methadone, I was still 
masking something. So no matter what they're using these days, it's just, you know, listen, that's how crack cocaine was, was formed. People loved cocaine. Problem is it's very expensive. So middle-class guys and poor people couldn't get cocaine. So they, they came up with like this, this stuff that was made with cocaine and it was crack. Crack. So, you know, th this stuff just keeps coming up. And, uh, but the, the treatment is very similar. You're treating an active addict who has to accept who they are and be willing to make a change. See, I like that it, because that doesn't change. You know, all of this other stuff, this it's pretty dynamic out there or whatever, <clears throat> but that's, that's good news. That's, that's positive news that you can approach it from that. Let, let's fast forward. Okay. Good history. Incredible story. Now we're looking at, uh, uh, the Counseling Center and Sunrise Detox. Help us a little bit uh, to understand that. What, I mean, come on. You're, now, you're a good-looking guy right now. <laughs> now, Ira's the man. Uh, Ira, you, you mentioned that you've been to quite a few treatment centers in your day, right? Yeah. Yes. Do any of them look like and have the services that Sunrise Detox has? No, man. We, we you know, listen – we, we came up with the, the, the secret sauce, I, I call it. Um, you know, uh, there was a doctor who was, who, who was one of the founders of Sunrise, uh, Dr. Ponzi, and he was trying to get a family member into a, uh, into a detox many years ago. And basically your options back in uh, 20 years ago, 18 years ago before Sunrise started, your options were either psychiatric hospitals. We all know that fifth floor of a hospital locked unit. Medically, they do the same thing, but you know, you treated like, you know, you paper slippers and I've been there, you know, one floor of the cuckoo's nest, yeah. um, stuff like that. Or your other option was, you know, those, those big name places, the Karen foundations and, and Hanley Hazleton, which are great places. But I know when I got into recovery, I didn't have $30,000 just like, you know, uh, hey, mom, could I borrow your Black American Express? You know, so the problem was there wasn't a place where you can go to detox and be treated like a human being. And that's how Sunrise Detox was started. Uh, you know, we talk about what you always say, detox with dignity. Mm -hmm. um, Sunrise Detox was was a medical detox that that, that we created where you could come there and detox from whatever it was you were using, any any substance, and wear your own clothes. Actually have a TV in your room that wasn't like one of those little hospital TVs. <laughs> I, have a, I have a group room with a big TV and watch an event with other people. Be able to have a cigarette out on a nice patio with some sunshine. You know, I've been to psych hospitals where they take you to... Fort Lauderdale Hospital in the old days used to have a, this smoking area was called the cage. Mm. They would take you out to the cage three times a day. I'm going out to the cage. Right? Like, that makes me sound good. Yeah, right? I was I'm going go, go to the cage. That's like, dignified. Uh, <laughs> and here's the other kicker. <laughs> have you ever eaten in one of those hospitals? Mm. Not really that good. Uh, I know we have excellent food. So that's oh, what we did. We, we use the same medications that are used by the hospital, the psych wards, and that are used on the 30,000 treatment center 
a month type place, but you could come to us for detox. And then what, what we were able to help people with, we had clinicians, we had therapists, and we had nurses, nurse practitioners and doctors. And those people were able to help the patient while they were there for detox, because it's easier to commit to five, seven days for detox. Right. If you tell an addict you got to go away for 90 days, they're going to tell you where to go, right? Go jump off the bridge. But they tell you you got to go detox for six days. Okay, I could do that. And it's comfortable and I can eat and I can smoke and I can watch TV. So while they're there, our clinical team and medical team was able to work with them to help them to get to the next level of treatment. Whether it be residential, whether it be outpatient, sober living. So that's how we created. So that's how Sunrise was really created. Um, and who, who, who's Sud? Whose brainchild was it? I mean, it's just, it seems reasonable. I mean, you, you got, you got one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's an example at one end, end of the uh, pendulum. And then you got, you know, the, the other one where nobody can afford it except uh, rich people. Right. That just seems like a reasonable, it's like, why, why isn't there? Who, whose brainchild was that? And nobody thought of it. It was, it was like two or three people. It was Dr. Ponzi and a, and a, and a businessman who was in recovery. Amazing. Uh, and a clinician and they had this idea and and they 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 went for it um and it, it was great and and i came into the picture a, a little while a couple months after they were open because they had a, a businessman who knew how to run businesses uh, a guy from wall street and 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 they had a doctor and they had a clinician and uh they were kind of looking for somebody who, who was in the community. And at that point, I had already been working in this treatment industry all over the country for 15 years. So um, I was like the, the last piece of their puzzle. You know, they didn't need me. They Very important had, piece. Very I was just going to say, yeah, wait, Very I'm writing piece. this note, note down. Well, they had a lot of stuff going on. They were a brilliant businessman, um, clinical person and a doctor. And, and, and they had this all together. So they just needed to get this out on the streets. And that, that was my goal. And, um, and you need all these components to go together to be a successful detox center that gives the highest and best quality of care to their patients. All those pieces that you just named, are is so important to Sunrise Detox, even to this day, because we're able to have the highest quality of care and help more people and be successful at doing that. Thank you for sharing that. No, you know, Rob, that's exactly right. Because uh, I see a lot of the centers around the country, as you guys do. And some of these conglomerates try to get big and big and big. And one of the things that, that I, I, we've done at Sunrise over the years is, you know, we, we plotted. And that's why I said we have a brilliant businessman running a lot of this. And uh, he picked his spots on where to go and when and didn't jump in. And that's why you see places go out of business. They open up and six months later, they have three others. Tell us the spots, Ira. Uh, uh, yeah, so, tell us the first one and, and go uh, from there, please. First, first one started in Lake Worth. And uh, that's where we all were based out of, the core group of people. And uh, we're all Northeasterners. And so we always wanted to get back up to the Northeast for something. So, uh, we, we looked up there and we were able to find the building that was, uh, that met all of our needs. And what that means is it has to be in an okay neighborhood. It has to be able to be zoned. 
Um, and um, it, we were able to find one up there. And I'll never forget uh, the, the CEO of the company and myself were up in, uh, in New Jersey and uh, we were talking to an owner of a treatment center down here. And he said, he was a kind of a nasty guy. And he said, you know, you guys are never going to make it up there. You know, it's, it's too hard. You can't get licensed. And, you know, hmm. and I'll never forget about three months ago, I took a snapshot of our three New Jersey detoxes at, at one night. And we didn't have a bed in all three of those. Yep. And, uh, That's I, I love it. Phil. I, I don't know, uh, New Biz, how many uh, beds is that that we have? Yeah, like, so, I mean, Cherry, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, right outside Philadelphia, 20 beds. Uh, the one that you were speaking of earlier, the first one, Sterling location, beautiful neighborhood, you know, not far an hour from New York City. That one's 21 beds. And then you have, you know, our, uh, you know, very nice, very nice facility in Tom's River, which I call the campus, right? Because yeah. you got the counseling center, Affinity uh, One, Evolve, residential, just opened up, beautiful facility. Tom's, and the, obviously the Sunrise Detox, Tom's River, uh, was at 38, 40 beds right there. So, I mean, like, that's to be filled up at so max I, capacity. I mean, we're helping a lot of people here. Really, so yeah. I took this snapshot of these 80 beds that were, you know, um, I sent it to the CEO of our company and I said, I guess that guy was wrong, right? What, yeah. what he said, we wouldn't make it. Um, so we have the three in New Jersey. And in the meanwhile, that was happening. We found a place in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, which is a 34-bed sunrise detox in Fort Lauderdale. And then five years ago, we opened up in Central Florida, uh, Orlando, where we have a 20-bed detox and a 20-bed residential program. So three more in, in Florida. Three more in Three Florida. in Jersey. And then uh, in, in the midst of that, I kind of lose sight because uh, we had always tried opening up in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, location is everything. Uh, location, zoning, yeah. you have to have that whole mix. And, uh, and uh, we finally found the place after many years of looking around in Alpharetta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Really <laughs> nice. Beautiful facility. Nice area. Beautiful. Upper <laughs> middle class, you yeah, know, yeah, you yeah, yeah. around the areas, Roswell, Marietta, Johnson. Oh, yeah. And so we have a 30-bed facility there uh, that's just, you know, fantastic. And, and, and you know, and, and then just a couple of years ago, we opened Millbury, Massachusetts which uh, now has all different levels of care there. But the detox has, what is it, Rob? 36, 39. 39. Beds. So 39 we have beds. that. And uh, hopefully if, uh, if all goes well by May or so, we'll have a 20-bed detox in Brentwood, Long Island, which is uh, the Nassau-Suffolk County borderline in New York. Uh, again, another area where people said, you know, you'd never be able to get licensed. But what Lutman what said is the key. It's we have a team of people that all do certain things that they're good at. And that's what makes us. I'll never forget. I looked, I went with our CEO and our CFO a few years ago up to Chicago. And we looked at a property. And uh, when we were leaving, the guy said, Well, I'll see you in two weeks, Ira, when these other people were going to come back and talk numbers and money. Yeah. And I said, no, you won't see me in two weeks. They don't bring me to that meeting. 
They don't bring me to the financial meeting and the yeah. zoning meetings because that's not my specialty. I yeah. said, the only way you'll see me again is if we buy the place and I'm starting to train marketers, um, which is what makes us great. We have people that have certain yeah. qualifications. Let me ask you this question. And it's interesting. It, it definitely is a, a, a service in need. So you got plenty of beds. You're filling them up. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. You're helping a lot of people. That's great. Uh, what is your strategy? There's two questions. What is your strategy when uh, somebody comes to your clinic, one of the clinics, and it's full? What do you do? It's a tough one. Um, just happened to me tonight in Georgia, and uh, it was actually a very affluent interventionist family with an interventionist, and they decided I, I was trying to hold them off till tomorrow, and they, they decided to do this in-home type thing. Um, what we really try to do is try to find a place, one of our other locations that we can get them to, and we'll transport them there. We've taken people from Georgia down to Orlando. That's huge. That's that 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 brings us to a great point. And I know we talked about it before with our 24-hour admissions and our 24-hour transportation. With so many locations all uh, up and down the coast, we have a really wide reach to be able to help a lot of people in different locations and areas and bring them into any one of our facilities and get them the help that they need, which kind of makes us a little bit different than you know any other treatment yeah. provider because uh, we cast a wider net. Yeah, we really do because yeah. between the locations and between the insurances that we're able to right. use, uh, we had an incident the other night where the uh, patient had a a uh, patient was in Jacksonville, but the company they worked for had a, a a Georgia policy that was really could only stay in the state of Georgia, and we got the patient from Jacksonville to Alpharetta, Georgia. Um, we had an Uber driver take him to a certain spot, and then we had our driver. We had the right. family. We had like three different groups getting this person. And and this didn't happen at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. This was all happening after 10 p.m. Full mission. The commitment that we make is like we're all in. Um, you know, it's okay. I'm going to have to ask the question. I mean, this is premium service. Yeah, so absolutely. Service. 100%. How do you how do you manage the money where where it it just it's premium? It's it's not. I, it doesn't sound see, inexpensive. See, that's, that's that's this is what makes us special, Scott. Yeah. Okay. Where you're getting premium services for not premium costs. Yeah. We're in network. We're an in network provider with a lot of different insurance companies. Okay. And our self-pay rates are affordable. Very reasonable. We're, we're, we're not going to, you know, uh, you know, uh, make you sell your mortgage on your house right. to come to treatment. You know, we're going to make sure that, you know, we can get you in with our affordable self-pay rates. If you don't, you know, if you happen not to have insurance. All right. We've been known to scholarship people. Yeah. That, that makes us very special. <laughs> we, we've, we've brought people in. I mean, right, Rob? I mean, that, that's something that's, that's I mean, you know, know we, we've yeah. done that. And I mean, but we're, each case know. is very individualized and, you know, certain things are in play. But one of the biggest and one of the most unique things I feel about Sunrise Detox 
is each and every one of our outreach outreach coordinators. If for some reason you don't have insurance that works with what with us, for some reason you don't have you know the the financial means to be able to come into Sunrise Detox, we are loaded up with the resources and we're going to help you anyways. Absolutely. We're going to find you the treatment center that does work with your insurance. We're going to find you a treatment center that you can afford. We're not going to let anybody you know any call go unanswered. And we're going to find you the treatment center that is appropriate for you based off of your needs that you that you have. Not just, oh, hey, we're just going to send you here. Or we're going to send you there. We're going to make sure like, hey, we're going to do a thorough assessment on you. We're going to make sure, you know, is there mental health more of a primary? Uh, is there any other uh, type drugs? What's going on? Do you have any specialties? Uh, we want to be able to send you uh, if we're going to put our name on it and, and have our reputation on the line as Sunrise Detox, an ethical, perfect, uh, you know, what, everything that we say about us is true. We're not making anything up. So we want to make sure that if we're going to make a recommendation and a referral to a facility that will be able to accept you, if we're not able to take you, that we're confident enough that that's going to work for you because the last thing we want is somebody's mom, brother, sister, uncle calling us up, call, you know what I mean? And getting mad at yeah. us. Where did you send my kid? See what's interesting. And, and, and it's, it's really the topic of this particular podcast. It's not too late to get your life back. And, and when, what you just said, uh, Lutman was, was the fact that your commitment to individuals, the people, the ones that are truly struggling, uh, you know, truncates everything else. It is your job. You're not going to let them struggle. You're not going to say, sorry, don't have a bed. Good luck. You can't do that. You right. can't. I, I, I couldn't live with that and, right. and find out that bad things happen because I didn't do my thing. That's a, that's a huge cross to hold on to. You guys are doing a great job on that. Well, you know, the disease is real. It really yeah. is. If yeah. I miss a message, there's been times that I've missed messages in my inbox because my uh, personal life took over or whatnot. And then, you know, I wake up the next day and I see RIP on a Facebook wall because I couldn't get to my phone quick enough to be able to offer some resources to that individual. But at the same time, Blutman, myself and I, are, we're, we're stuck with and, you know, we have to deal with you can lead a horse to water, you can't force them to drink. Many people call, we offer the resources, we can't force anyone to go into treatment. And, and, and really so and I, I, yeah, but you're doing it. You're 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 acting. There's you're not just saying, hey, I'm not dead. No, you're acting. Yeah, you can't drink the have them drink the water, but go ahead, love it. I, absolutely. I mean, Rob's dead on with it. And, and what makes us special, uh, and, and with Irish leadership as well, because I mean he's he's our mentor here, you know what I mean? He's been like I said, he when I say he's the great bambino, he's the godfather. Uh, so many people are gonna watch this and be like, I know Ira. I've run into meetings that I have and they're like, oh, you know, I, oh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know, we speak almost every single day. If I have a, uh, a problem with being able to help somebody or some family, uh, I can call Ira. I can call Rob on the phone. We all work together as a strong yeah. team, which makes us that much more valuable to, to the people that we're helping because the resources are just unlimited. So, you know, the, the family and, and the support we have uh, within Sunrise Detox Counseling Center, I mean, it, it's, it's, it really is great. It's special. 
You hit it on the head. We're talking about people's lives, and that's the difference. <laughs> you know, if if I sell you a, a computer or, a, you know, a, a desk for your house, and, and it's not what I made it out to be, okay, you lost a few bucks. But if I send your loved one to someplace that doesn't do what they're supposed to, you can lose them. You could lose them uh, forever or they could be damaged uh, psychologically. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I said earlier, we vet out every place we send people to because we want to know. And that's half of our jobs. You know, when we go out and network with people, they think, oh, we just want them to send to us, which, of course, we do want people to utilize our services. But we want to know. The three of us go places. We want to see what's out there so that when when Demio has somebody down here, I've done it for him. He's had me go to sober houses and treatment centers down here in Florida to say, hey, check these guys out. If you say they're okay, then we'll use them. Absolutely. Every phone call is someone's yeah. daughter, someone's mother, someone's son, niece and nephew. You know, I need to know that if I'm, you know, reaching out down in Florida, that that solar house has running water and, you know, adequate toilets and lights and is beautiful. Ira goes and does that for me. And I do the same for him here in Massachusetts. And I think one of the biggest things, too, is the trust that we build with, you know, you know, our clients and their families. They call back, yeah. you know, um, it's 2021. Right. Everybody's got that family lawyer at this point. I'm, you know, some family substance abuse guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll call me over and over and over and over again because the yeah. trust is there. The resources are there. We get the people the help that they need. So I, I got to ask the question and I open it up for all of you guys. Is it, is it ever too late to get your life back? Have you seen uh, old guys like me who are struggling um, and, and uh, I just, receive treatment? I just, I just admitted a 74-year-old gentleman into our Fort Lauderdale facility. Damn. He was uh, a member of Alcoholics Anonymous for many years. His best friend, who is a doctor that I work with, uh, did an we did an intervention. And um, he is now uh, in Sunrise Detox. And he will be going to a treatment center that we have picked out, his friends and myself, that is the appropriate place. So, no, it's never, you know, it's funny. We, that's a, a funny thing because I, I had somebody that was in their late 70s uh, and, and the mom was taking oxys. And my first reaction was like, the lady's 78. Just let her, you know, let her live. But, you know, it, the way it affects people. So, no, it's never it's too late. Never too late. Never, never too, too late. late. Because I'll tell you the, 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 your life. the, 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 I would imagine the misconception that exists within this particular topic is it's always a young, you know, it, it, I would say the majority are 30 and less, right. That are struggling out there that are looking for recovery or that has, and, and, and anything above that, I, I, you know, I just, that's, that's the misconception out there. You know, it is a misconception because, you know, myself, I'm in the minority getting, you know, into recovery at 22. Um, most people need, some people don't even start drinking until 21, right? That's good. So most people, and, and it needs to take its toll. People have to have some, some consequences, lose a job, uh, get kicked out, lose a marriage, not talk to their children. So the, the, it doesn't happen for the young people the way a lot of people think it does because the young people think they're invincible. 
I got, a, I got arrested in 2014 and um, I was brought into the booking and they had to, you know, take pictures of my tattoos. So I was there for an awful long time. And I was having this conversation with my arresting officer and, you know, I told him, fuck it, it's over, it's done for me. And he grabbed my hand and he put it on my chest and he says, do you feel that? And I said, I, what are you saying? Am I happy? And he said, that's hope. You know what I mean? So like, uh, it, it's not, it's not too late. It, it's really and honestly not, you know what I mean? The whole idea of recovery starts when we have the thought that we want to live a better and more productive life. And if that thought gets you to pick up the phone or call me, Ira or Lutman, you have a chance. Your heart's beating, you got hope. You know what I mean? You so, have the, if you, if you have any type of want or will to, to not use or drink, you have a chance. You have a chance. You got, listen, nothing is easy in this world. Anything, work, relationships, um, you know, recovery. But if you ask for help, ask for help. Not everybody asks for help. It, it, sometimes it's a problem for people to ask yeah, for help. A, that's tough one. That's uh, being if vulnerable you, and people. If you ask for help. Yeah. Not only will everybody on this podcast be able to try to help, but like just people want to help people. If you ask and, and and reach out your hand, somebody's going to grab it. Don't be afraid to ask for help, no matter what it is. Those mouths don't get fed. That's it, brother. Yeah, and, and I think uh, the last podcast, uh, uh, Ludman, you you were saying it's you got to put the work in you got to do the work you just you just do but it is it gets better doc it gets Donnie. better it gets Donnie. better right there baby it does it gets better i mean you can't come to me and say that these gents don't have a story mine's worse mine's more complex mine's, i'm different it's listen the story bullshit. the story the stories don't it on the head it's bullshit people say it's worse yeah, it's bullshit listen, the three of us have talked about some little instances that happened, but I know these two gentlemen very well. And in my own life, we can get a little dark if we need to, but <laughs> the point is, yeah, you know what? we're addicts. We hey, use hey. To a bad place. I'm still <laughs> a sick kid. <laughs> I'm all fucked up, right? <laughs> yeah. I put the drinks and the drugs down and realized they were just a symptom, not of me. I was the problem. Still right. the same now. And it feels good smiling. It feels good laughing. Absolutely. And you know, listen, you can smile and laugh too. Anybody oh, yeah. can. You know what I mean? Just uh, you know, I, I love this story of hope. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it, you know, it, it, these these stories, this conversation, you've got to create that real. This is real. It is. It's a real conversation. Real people. Real addicts. Real this and real and real recovery. Mm. And I and I I can appreciate it. And I I love the hope. I love absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on. There was that one question that used to Damn. fuck me up when I first got clean. They'd always ask you, what'd you like to do for fun before you started getting high? They'd get me every time, man. And now I got a whole list of fun shit I like to do. Gonna, you know what no, I mean? All of a sudden it's you like, just dropped it. I was getting ready to say, and? <laughs> it was one. I couldn't tell you. But now, you know, in recovery, <laughs> I, <laughs> I got all kinds of cool shit I like to do. I've been able to do some cool yeah. shit in recovery and, you know, recover things I never had before. And some of it is just simple stuff, you know, mm. being able to, for me, you know, walking on the beach, man, it's there's some peacefulness there, you know, that I, wow. I you know, yeah, um, you have a boca too. 
<laughs> you know, it's uh, they, there were things, and and I've I've been that counselor, Rob. I've asked people, "What'd you stop doing?" You know, and because uh, I know what I stopped doing. You know, I I loved basketball, um, and and I couldn't play when I had you know twenty bags of dope in me for a week. So um, and and you know what I did in recovery? I played in a men's basketball league until I was fifty five years old. Right. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I was shooting heroin. That's right. It. You know? Well, guys, we're going to have to wrap it up. Oh, it was fun. Oh, let me it check was. this out. It was fun. You see all the Mickey Mouse stuff and Irish background. Oh, you see man. all that, right? Oh, I have a little, give a little short story about all that real quick. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Disney World in your office. I have my, my, my home office, which is really my wife's because, you know, she, she worked out of here. Oh, it's her but, fault. But but yeah, we're uh, uh, my family is big Disney people, uh, big <laughs> Disney people. Um, so this is the Disney room. Uh, I could probably make a few bucks if I took some of this memorabilia out in the streets when I was using. You don't have to live like that way anymore. <laughs> because right, right next to right next to me now he just buys it off the people. <laughs> uh, I, I I love I love Disney. Oh yeah, yeah I'll pay that ten dollar for that churro. That's right. It's Disney. That's right. And listen, and you have as long as you know that going in to Disney, it's like when you go to a baseball game uh, or a basketball game or a football game. I'm going to spend seven fifty for a hot dog. Right. <laughs> I can get two packs of spread hot dogs, but right. yeah. So it's the same thing when you go to Disney. I know that churro is going to be ten bucks. <laughs> And it smells oh. good, and it's out there, and it's all surrounded by good-looking stuff. And you're like, right. yeah. "Best damn churro I've ever had." It better be. <laughs> it comes with memories, you know what I mean? It does. It does. All right, guys, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to wrap it up here. You nice got the guy. Robs. You got Ira. Hey. They're all available for you because it does get better. We're gonna uh, continue to put that doggone number out there. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything like that. Contact these gents. Contact Sunrise. Contact. Just, it gets better. Trust me. It's never too late. So All right, guys. Thank you, man. Oh, you here. Absolutely. Thank you. Badass. Good night. Guys, thank yeah. you, guys. Cheers, guys. That's great, man. Help is available 24-7 with our partners at Sunrise Detox. Call our recovery hotline at 855-900-0080. Again, 855 900